California. Do you have startup capital and are looking to invest in a booming health-based business? Here's your opportunity because we're looking for business-savvy, healthy-minded people in this area to become franchise owners of Fresh Healthy Vending Machines, the number one healthy vending franchise in North America. Fresh Healthy Vending is a publicly traded company. With your Fresh Healthy Vending Machines, you'll be selling exactly what America wants, all natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. And with the USDA Smart Snacks and School Nutrition Guidelines starting and banning junk food in schools, the demand for fresh, healthy snacks is only getting bigger. Fresh Healthy Vending has identified prime vending machine locations in this area. And we place your machines for you so you can capitalize on the huge demand for healthy organic snacks on the go. Ready to grab your share of this booming industry? Visit readyforfresh.com today and enter code 2000 for free owner information. Locations in this area are filling up fast, so visit readyforfresh.com, special code 2000. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Good afternoon, Chuck Morse, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, as I launch yet another week of live broadcasting here at the IRN USA Radio Network. Welcome to the program. We're joined by Don Jans. He is the host of the web blog site, My Grandchildren's America. Don has taken it on upon himself to um, expose and criticize the world's second oldest religion, that being communism. Uh, Don, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you for asking me, Chuck. Great to be here. Don, you've done a very interesting uh, piece on... Um, the American um, position, essentially, regarding the uh, Russian takeover of the Crimea in, in the Ukraine, Putin laughs at Obama. Uh, give us the highlights. Well, the first thing is, is we have to sit back and say, why are we surprised? Why are we surprised that we're in a position that we're, that we're currently in in the United States where – Putin can say, I am going to do this, and there is absolutely nothing we can do about it. We have absolutely no bargaining power whatsoever. We have totally, totally given it away. And so we sit back and we say, why are we even surprised we're in this position? Ten years ago, this would never have happened. And yet when we go back and check when we analyze and we take a honest we honestly look at what has been done over the last five years. We've been purposely, purposely, I say, put into this position. And we're purposely in this position because we have a Marxist progressive president who his total goal was to put us here. His whole belief, his whole philosophy is Marxism. And if people don't believe it, all you have to do is study Karl Marx, not what the left would want you to believe, but what Karl Marx really wrote, what Obama learned from his grandfather and from Frank Davis. And you understand what that is. And this is where he has taken us from the very, very beginning. He believed that 
a capitalist is an evil person, that a capitalist wants only to take advantage and exploit other people. In a foreign policy, he looks at a country like the United States as a capitalistic country or an imperialistic country, and they are evil. We, according to Obama, are an evil empire that has exploited the rest of the world, and we must come down to their level. We cannot be a powerful nation militarily or economically because it exploits the rest of the world. Everything, everything he has done, even from before he was elected president, has weakened the United States to the point where we have Nothing to do. We can't. When Eleanor Cliff says, what do we do? What would you do? Well, there's nothing we can do now because he's put us there. And so this is where we are because of the person that we elected as our president, a true proven Marxist progressive Chuck. Don, you know, you, 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 as always, you're quite eloquent on this. And um, I think you know, you've presented the fact that Obama has not only surrendered the policy that was articulated by Ronald Reagan and to varying degrees every American president going back to FDR, which is peace through strength. And instead of these old Soviet Union being the evil empire, Obama views the United States as the evil empire. I, th- I hear an echo with that. And the result is that uh, since he's not been able to articulate America's values, since he personally doesn't embrace them, are, we've, we've been on a retreat in the world. I mean, not just uh, militarily and materially, but also spiritually. The world does not look to us as a, a liberator of, of peoples from Marxism and from tyranny. It looks to us as, as a country that's, uh, that's basically cut itself down to size, that has that behaved in a, in a self-destructive way, um, as Obama, as you point out, in a, in a classic Marxist agenda, wants to basically see the United States become the province of the world, you know, equal to all other countries. He wants a convergence. And and so as a result, Putin, who is an old-fashioned nationalist, cut of the same cloth as the czars of Russia, he's going to take advantage. The other the other group, I think, that also has weakened um, the the position of the of the West and of, of capitalism, are some of the radical environmentalists who control the European Union and who are also Marxists and who refuse to uh, look into the development of, of gas resources through fracking and through uh, you know LNG tanks and, and other means. And so they're completely dependent on Russian gas. And therefore, they can't say anything to Putin. And Putin and his government have enriched themselves to billions of dollars by money that is poured into Russia from Europe to pay for the gas. So, you know, we have we are in a pickle now. Us and the Western Europeans, the old Western democracies, because we have sold out our values, both materially and spiritually. And then what is our defense? We have this we first we, we go back and we look at the history of Obama, and much of what you just said is his history. Before he's elected president, what does he do? He and his campaign, his campaign for president of the United States, he goes over to Europe, and he campaigns for the presidency of the United States in Europe, and he apologizes for the power and the might 
And he apologizes for the belief in America that all people should be free around the world, and we will defend that freedom. He apologizes for this, Chuck. And then he goes and he starts yeah. to bow to leaders of other countries. Now, put yourself in a position of, of somebody like Putin. When you see this happening, when you see a fool running around and apologizing for a country that has been such a shining city on a hill, and then he starts to bow to the leaders of other countries, what do you think? You think, what a fool, what a weak person. Am I going to have a great time when he's the leader of the, of the um, United States? Then he comes back and he says, oh, I'm going to tell my enemy. I am going to announce to all the people we are fighting what our military plans are. I'm going to tell them when we're going to withdraw so that they can prepare themselves. So they can sit back and not do anything. And when we leave, they can now bring their will to a place like Iraq. So he did the same thing in Afghanistan. Then he goes and he says, oh, by the way, we're going to follow the exact dictate of Karl Marx. When Karl Marx said the military is evil because it is in the hands of the capitalists and it's that last bastion between a free capitalistic uh, society and our fair and our just Marxist classless society, we are going to just systematically dismantle that military by taking funds from the military and diverting them to social programs. Do we think Putin lives in a little, little cave down, down deep in the earth? He sees this. He understands this. You see weakness. He is like an animal that understands how weak his opponent is. Obama has no idea, no, I mean, no idea with whom he's dealing. I, I think it's it's accentuated by the fact that Putin himself is a former Marxist, and he fully understands the weakening position. Uh, the only thing I take issue with you on is that uh, it's not that the left thinks that military is evil or that arms are evil. It's that they think that it's evil situationally. It's evil if it's in the hands of their enemies. When it's in their own hands, it's a force of good. You know, I mean, the left feels perfectly justified and historically has felt justified in the most incredible levels of atrocity known to the history of man. Not, you know, and we're not just talking about the, the Nazi socialist atrocities. We're talking about the Soviet atrocities, which occurred before the Nazi experiment was even considered. And, and they're all under the name of uh, advancing the human society, all for progress, all for evolving man. I mean, they were very influenced by Darwin. And uh, and oh, so yeah. when it's in their hands, it's fine. You know, that then it's a, a force of good. It's all, you know, any kind of ethics or understanding of what is right and wrong is entirely situational in the hands of the left, because if it's good, it's what helps them. If it's evil, it's what hurts them. It's nothing to do with any objective, natural understanding of what's good and evil. I mean, we should understand that. I think that uh, our listeners need to realize that, that when they stand up and they're so high and righteous and they proselytize and they, they have this unsufferable level of, of rightness about them, 
It's not because they actually understand what is good. They don't care about poverty. Take a look at Russia during the, the uh, Soviet times. You want to see poverty? Take a look at any communist country. The amount of poverty that they've created is unprecedented in history. It's that they want to attack. These are tools to attack what they view as their enemy, and that is the individual capitalist who stands up and makes a life for himself. This is why Marx hated Jews. This is why he wrote uh, you know, on the Jewish question, because he felt that the Jews and Judaism as a faith represented these ideas of individuals, you know, the individual coming up and, and, and accomplishing for themselves, you know, what he called huckstering. And this is why he wanted mm-hmm. to eliminate, destroy Judaism, which, of course, was then attempted to be carried out by one of his acolytes, that being Hitler. So, you know, we have to realize that, that we're talking about a, an ideology that, frankly, goes back to the Garden of Eden, one in which everything becomes elastic. There is ultimately no such thing as truth. It's very and it's very nihilistic. Anyway, Don, go ahead. Yeah. No, I you're the the thing is is that when we when we're looking at this picture and and we look at what Stalin did. I mean, Stalin truly was not a Marxist. Now, Stalin picked up on Lenin and 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 Lenin who is probably the closest thing we've seen to a Marxist other than uh maybe maybe people in Venezuela right now but but obama keep in mind who he is obama studied at the feet of his grandfather and frank davis who was a very 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 true marxist frank davis studied karl marx he understood karl marx and he preached karl marx and when we look at what obama is doing he is following the true Marxist philosophy, that is, you destroy capitalism, you centralize all production in the hands of the government, and you bring in all income, GNP, into the hands of the government, and then you disperse it as you determine that's, that is fair. And so where we have somebody like Putin today, Putin absolutely, uh, uh, supposedly, well, I should say supposedly grew up in a true Marxist society, but, but they were very nationalistic. Uh, you find very, very, very few people more nationalistic than what Stalin was, even though Stalin was born in Georgia. Stalin made the comment. He said, I really don't care to deal with Churchill, but I'll deal with Roosevelt anytime I can because I can manipulate Roosevelt. And so, Yeah, you bet. And I, I, I think that Stalin also was probably the penultimate Marxist, in my opinion, as was Mao Zedong. Okay, we've got to take a break. We'll be right back. We should have paid off our debt years ago, but we've barely even made any progress. We've tried budgeting and debt roll-down to pay off the smallest debt first, but we just keep falling off track. We haven't even paid off our credit cards yet. We completely understand where you're coming from. Getting out of debt is so hard and stressful. It takes so much time, discipline, and work that most people fall off track within the first year. Nine-Year Mortgage has a guaranteed solution to help you become debt-free. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before. You really can become debt-free, even if you haven't been able to do it on your own. 
Our average client pays off all of their debt, including their mortgage, in only nine years. To get your nine-year mortgage CD for free, call today, 800-226-8131. Become debt-free faster than you ever dreamed possible. Call 800-226-8131. 800-226-8131. Breathe it in, kid. Clean, fresh air thanks to these new air handler filters. They're more energy efficient, hold more dust, and are stronger than ever. And Granger's got over 3,000 different styles and sizes to choose from. Just ordered a new batch from Granger.com today. I love oxygen, kid. And this facility's got some great AO2. I'm breathing easier just thinking about these air handler filters. Get some today. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com slash air handler or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You probably knew that Thomas Edison gave us the first commercial light bulb. But did you know he invented alkaline batteries and an electric train? Edison said, if we all did the things we're capable of, we would astound ourselves. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. For almost two decades, I've been helping families build home businesses. Many have been astounded at what they've been able to achieve. Today, I want to introduce you to my newest and most exciting home business concept ever. It's MaxAchieve.com. If you'd like to earn 500 to $5,000 or more a month working from home, check out MaxAchieve.com. This is more than a home business. At MaxAchieve, we want to help you experience more success in all areas of your life. To find out how you could astound yourself, go to MaxAchieve.com. That's MaxAchieve.com. Or call 800-801-3465. 800-801-3465. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step -step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. That's 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. With one phone call, you'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. It's a free service, so call now. 800-379-2206. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And uh, Don Jans is my guest. My grandfather's America. Don is a... Uh, You've been doing, I think, Don, uh, for the past year, a, a national tour of radio shows and media alerting America, sounding the horn about uh, the infiltration and influence of, uh, of leftist communism, Marxism, uh, 
into American culture, into American life, and and the insidious effects of that. Um, you're making the case with regard to, um, well, I suppose the manifestation of it, which is things like Putin's occupation of uh, of Crimea. Please talk a bit more on that, Don, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yes, I, I have been. I have been on many, many, many radio broadcasts. I also speak. I, I've also uh, speak around the country. In fact, I'll be going down to Dallas on um, next Monday and into Tampa the following Monday to speak as well. And where we are, Chuck, is, is America must understand that we have been taken purposely down a road where we are no longer an international, where we're not desired to be an international power. And, and our, 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 the leader of the regime right now, the head of the Marxist Progressive Party in America, Obama, has purposely taken us down that road because he views the United States as an evil empire, as an evil country. And he believes that we have exploited the rest of the world and, and we must no longer be the powerful country. We must no longer be an exploiter. Now, when we look at that internationally, it has put us in this exact position where we have absolutely no place to go in, in trying to stop uh, Putin taking over Crimea possibly Ukraine, and then who knows? Uh, there's discussion now that he'll go on up at, to Estonia, Latvia as well. And our, domestically, domestically, we are going down that same path because Obama believed, as Marx taught, that the capitalist, that person who goes out and who produces and who builds wealth and who creates jobs is also evil, because he exploits that worker. And we've seen what happens when this is changed. When, when we punish the exploit, or the so-called exploiter, then we always get what is going on in Venezuela today. If people want to understand where this philosophy takes it, all they have to do is go down and look at Venezuela today. You have high, high, high inflation. You have riots in the street. You have total lawlessness. You have citizens who have to stand in line in the morning, hoping that they will be able to get the very basics to get through the day. This is the reality of the situation, and this is where we're going, Chuck. And American people yeah. who believe all of these wonderful utopian ideas are going to come about are absolutely naive and foolish, as is Obama. You know, the, uh, the you're right about looking at Venezuela. There's a country that should be one of the richest, most successful nations in the Western Hemisphere in terms of their natural resources, their history, and yet they're they're poor uh, since uh, the the takeover by these uh, radical socialists. And that, as far as the American left being naive. I don't know. I mean, it, it's uh, you know, we're talking again. We're talking about the top one percent in terms of wealth in this country, which is predominantly on the left. The richer you get, it seems, the more left wing you are. And we're talking about the classic uh, limousine leftist. I mean, the uh, you know, the parlor pink, as the old as it used to be called in the in the nineteen thirties, um, who uh, they seem to admire and 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 revere leftism when it's at its worst. I mean, Stalin became more popular in the late 1930s during the show trials uh, 
you know, during the during the uh, you know the Holodomor, the, the the millions of deaths due to famine in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, Mao Zedong was the most popular during the Cultural Revolution. You know, Lenin was popular during his atrocities. I mean, it's a very strange phenomena that uh, maybe it could be explained by just a lack of spirit or a lack of um, you know, kind of a bored thing going on there where people are, I have no meaning in their life and they're looking for something exciting, something outside of themselves where they can change the world. I, I don't really know how to explain this, but it's a phenomenon that goes back. I mean, it's not new. Uh, no, it's and not. I don't think it is naive. I think it's there's something else going on. What do you think, Don? Well, when I look at again, I always want to go back like you do, and, and, and I want to look at history. And first of all, the people that advocate this, you're absolutely right. They're 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 to, they're totally elitist. Uh, Marx himself was 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 truly an elitist. And they, they advocate for... Don, we're going to take a break for news. Stay with me if you don't mind. We'll be back after news. Okay. They have bad taste or smells, but there's even more to be concerned about. City water contains harmful chlorine and chemicals, which enter our bodies while showering, cooking, and washing food. Bottled water or sink filters don't protect you. Quad Max. HydroCare's revolutionary whole house system provides healthy, clean, great-tasting water from every faucet with virtually no pressure loss. It's the only one of its kind with four times the purification capacity in one compact unit, and it's only $495. The water quality far exceeds that of a system selling for twice the price. So take charge of your family's health. HydroCare, the smart technology for all your water problems. Try now, pay later. Go to bestfiltertoday.com. That's bestfiltertoday.com. Or call now, 1-866-984-6024. That's 1-866-984-6024. The revolution in clean water is here. Hydrocare. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and Don Jans is my guest. Don is the host of the blog site My Grandchildren's America. Uh, Don, uh, I guess I'm asking a, a very fundamental question here uh, and your opinion on it. Why are the leftists leftist? I mean, again, we have people mostly on the top 1%, the richest Americans, 
the people who control the largest sources of wealth, the heads of corporations, you know, the biggest corporations, not your average working-type corporation. Those people tend to be more conservative. But the, the, the powers that be, the, the what, what used, to, used to be called the Eastern Seaboard Establishment, people are on the left, I mean, for the most part, to varying degrees, and yet they live in the freest country in the world. Their, their, their income, their fortunes were derived because of our freedom. Why are they on the left? That's a that's a great question, and and uh, I, everybody that's thought, everybody that's been in your position and my position, Chuck, we always think about it, and we try and understand. And, and as we read and we study, and we go back in history, and then we bring that to the current position. The only conclusion that I have ever arisen that I have ever come to is that, first of all, they are elitist. And what is an elitist? An elitist is somebody who tries to believe or thinks he is very, very, very good. He's self-righteous, that he is the type of person that has to take care of everybody else because they are not capable of taking care of themselves. I must make your decisions for you because I know far better what is right for you than you do. After all, look what I have done. And if I can do this, then I can help you do it. It's bad if you rely on your own ingenuity. It's bad if you rely on your own resources because you're not capable. And when we looked, when we, Marx was exactly that way. Marx said there is nobody that knows more about anything than I do. And I am going to tell you how you will be happiest. Therefore, I will write and I will put out a, a game plan for everybody to follow so that the whole world can live in total unity and total harmony. And that's the only, that's, that's, I keep coming back to that type of a philosophy from all of these people. Look at Obama. Obama right. says, you have no concept what is good for you so far as health insurance is concerned. I will determine what is right and what is wrong for you because I know better. And besides that, I know it's best if the federal government controls 20% of that part of the economy because then we can truly run the United States the way it should be run based on what we know. They're elitist. Well, you know, uh, Don. I mean, you know, putting aside the um, the the fact that this is the birth of modern totalitarianism, and as such, it's a regression back to the ancient times of idol worship, where the state would claim supernatural powers mm -hmm. under this false god and then and claim that as a means of controlling people. Putting that aside, doesn't it occur to these left wingers who are so rich, so successful? that when they're telling the rest of us how to be, why don't they tell us at least how it is that they came to be as successful as they are? Have they forgotten what it is that made them who they are? To a large extent, I, I think they have. To a, now, they will tell us and, and concoct some stories sometimes as well. Um, as to as to how resourceful they had to be, but but for the most part, yes, I think I think they have truly forgotten the struggle they went through. Of course, many of them have not gone through a struggle. Many of them were handed what they had, 
and they built it. But other people like Gates certainly has gone through his struggles. And I do think they put themselves on a pedestal because of it. Yes. Now, the totalitarian area of it, I've written many articles on totalitarianism. And you have to remember. All right. We'll be right back, Don. We've got a quick break here. Don Jans is my guest. Hello. My name is Marius Forte. And together with my good friend Sam Sorbo, I would like to introduce you to a new book called The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. The Answer is like a master key to all your spiritual questions about the existence of God, as well as to questions that humanity has asked throughout the ages. For example, is there a God? And if there is, is he good? And if he's good, how could it be meant suffering in this world, which sounds like a contradiction, but it is not? Where do we come from and where are we going and why are we going at all? Why this tremendous amount of energy surrounding us? Is there life after death? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? How can we be sure there's any proof? What are the two main ingredients of happiness, and how could we obtain these? Many more questions are addressed in our new book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. As we simply know of gravity and not just believe in it, once you apply the naturalistic laws of this universe, you believe will turn into knowledge and you will know God. Our book has just been launched. Please visit our website, theanswer-book.com, for more information. Hello, my name is Marius Forte, and together with my good friend Sam Sorbo, I would like to introduce you to a new book called The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. The Answer is like a master key to all your spiritual questions about the existence of God, as well as to questions that humanity has asked throughout the ages. For example, is there a God? And if there is, is he good? And if he's good, how could it be meant suffering in this world, which sounds like a contradiction, but it is not? Where do we come from and where are we going and why are we going at all? Why this tremendous amount of energy surrounding us? Is there life after death? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? How can we be sure there's any proof? What are the two main ingredients of happiness and how could we obtain these? Many more questions are addressed in our new book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. As we simply know of gravity and not just believe in it, once you apply the naturalistic laws of this universe, you believe will turn into knowledge and you will know God. Our book has just been launched. Please visit our website, theanswer-book.com, for more information. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. Really? Yeah. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and Don Jans is my guest. Don, we're talking about the mindset of America's elites, and uh, I think this has been predominant in this country for many generations now. This isn't new. It goes back, I would trace it back to the, 
the presidency of Woodrow Wilson, but, you know, there's always been people like that around trying to obtain power. And it is this idea of um, it's almost an aristocratic, uh, a neo-aristocratic movement. They believe that they know better than the rest of us. They believe in noblesse oblige, that they somehow have some enlightened insight, that they're educated. You always hear them talk about how educated people are, which they, of course, mean in a Marxist sense, not in a real sense. Mm -hmm. And there's a disdain for working people, for blue-collar people, uh, you know, and a patronat and a paternalistic attitude toward the very poor and toward minorities whom they talk to like their children, that they're inferior, that they need to be ministered over. Um, and, and it's a tendency that I would argue is regressive. I mean, it goes back to the ancient times. This isn't human progress. The American system is progressive in that it empowers the individual to be free to live their life on their own terms. And yet they they have the high ground in our culture. They have the high ground in our politics, and the results have been terrible, but yet that doesn't seem to deter them or their various friends in in the media. Where, I mean, what do we do? You know, how do we confront this? It's a great question also. And uh, first of all, I think we have to, and I don't think, I don't believe most people understand what we truly are confronting. Obviously, you do. Obviously, there are some people in the world that do understand, and in the United States, that do understand what we're truly confronting. And I'm asked this question when I'm out speaking all the time. Don, what do we do? And I've come to a conclusion that, first of all, if you're truly concerned, and if your reader or your listeners are truly concerned, Chuck, they must learn and understand what is the enemy. All right, Don, sorry about this. One more break here. We'll be right back. Please stay right where you are on that thought. Hello, my name is Marius Forte, and together with my good friend Sam Sorbo, I would like to introduce you to a new book called the answer, proof of God in heaven. The answer is like a master key to all your spiritual questions about the existence of God, as well as to questions that humanity has asked throughout the ages. For example, is there a God? And if there is, is he good? And if he's good, how could it be meant suffering in this world, which sounds like a contradiction, but it is not? Where do we come from and where are we going and why are we going at all? Why this tremendous amount of energy surrounding us? Is there life after death? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? How can we be sure there's any proof? What are the two main ingredients of happiness, and how could we obtain these? Many more questions are addressed in our new book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. As we simply know of gravity, not just believe in it, once you apply the naturalistic laws of this universe, your belief will turn into knowledge and you will know God. Our book has just been launched. Please visit our website, theanswer-book.com, for more information. Chuck Morse Speaks Thank you very much. Don Jans is here. Don, please continue. Go right ahead. What I was saying is that the American people must understand 
what is the difference? What, what, what is the real dichotomy? And what we really have is we have a, a philosophy that says I as an individual, if I achieve, if I strive, then I gain a lot, but I pull a lot of people with me. I pull them. And the other area is you who wish to strive and achieve, you're selfish and you are trying to take from other people. No, we're not trying to take from other people. We're trying to add to what we have, and that helps everybody else. Their concept is is that you are evil for striving, and therefore you must come down to everybody else's level, and we, the elite, we will tell you what to do, but this, in effect, pulls everybody down. So Americans have to understand what is the difference between a free capitalistic society and the other Marxist type of society. Then once we understand it, we have to start talking about it. People do not talk about this openly amongst themselves because they're afraid that they will not be politically correct. And when you're talking about it, the minute you use the word communism, socialism, or Marxism, your conversation has ended because everybody has their own concepts, most of them wrong. And so we have to start talking about this in the concepts that they have. In other words, what does it mean to have the concept from each according to his abilities to each according to his needs, where we reward people on not productivity, but on needs? You have to understand that and discuss it. And then, Chuck, we have to, and this is up to you and me primarily, we have to have a national debate in this country about this concept where we are not concerned about being politically correct, where we will talk about it openly and honestly, and we will say what it is without being concerned about hurting somebody's feelings. And until we, on the, on the, the conservatives, the capitalists, the true capitalists, until we are willing to do that, and we will be, we will be just run over the coals. You know that. But we have to be willing to do it so that the, a true choice can be made. I still believe when a people like America, and I believe we are unique in a lot of ways, and I believe when a people like you, America will honestly look at this, that America will move. Remember what Sam Adams told us. He said that Changes don't come about through majority, but changes come about because there are a group of true, dedicated, believing people that become obsessed with their mission and will absolutely not give up. And that is who, that is who you and I have to be. I believe then we can turn this country around again. Oh, I, I agree, Don, and you're doing a great job of explaining the the belief systems that we're going up against and i think the best way to confront this problem is through exposure you know i mean it's a simple matter of exposure when you expose them they they can't defend what they're into and and people wake up uh and you're doing that with your radio interviews you know just uh it occurs to me when you talk about um marx's famous nostrum from each according to his ability to each according to his need I hear the liberal Democrats and Obama talk about, um, you know, uh, a re- redistribution of, of wealth and that, um, you know, the, the rich are rich, too rich, and that kind of thing. And, and this is based on Marx. I think Marx embraced the philosophy of scarcity. 
as espoused by um, by Thomas Malthus, in that, and they apply it to money. They apply it to abstract value, uh-huh. in that they believe that money is is finite. It, it there's only so much that exists, and that therefore it has yep. to be equitably distributed. But the fact is that money is infinite. Money is as infinite uh-huh. as the human imagination. We shouldn't be talking about redistributing wealth. We should be talking about setting in place a means by which more wealth can be created for all people. You know, you mentioned Bill Gates. Bill Gates created billions of dollars that would not have otherwise existed because of his acumen as a businessman, because of his foresightedness about what would what was what was going to happen in the future. And in the process, he created tens of thousands of of people at all levels achieving a level of, of wealth that would not have otherwise happened. And that's true with so many other creators, whether they be artists or, or industrialists or, or whatever it is that they do to enable and to enlighten and to genuinely uplift humanity. In the process, they are creating wealth. Wealth doesn't have to be redistributed. It has to be created. And the system that does yeah. that is the American system. All right, we'll be right back. Thank yeah. you. You got to pay attention to the small things, kid. Small things matter. Small problems become big problems. Take a transformer. Rain leaks into a transformer. Insulation system breaks down. Insulation system breaks down. Copper windings overheat. Copper windings overheat. Transformer blows. Transformer blows. Facility goes dark. Facility goes dark. Kid, you don't want to know what happens next. That's why I use Granger. Granger helps keep small problems from turning into big problems. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today in America, people wake up worrying about their job and paying their bills, and that stinks. People in third world countries wake up worrying if their children will have anything to eat, and that stinks even worse. There's a way to help solve both of those problems. With USAGoodness.com, you can earn extra money working from home by helping to feed starving children in poverty-stricken areas. How great is that? Go to USAGoodness.com or call 800-301-6177. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Okay, we're back. Don Jans is my guest. My Grandfather's America is the blog. Don, we only have a few minutes left, so I'd like you to take this opportunity to let people know how they can reach you, how they can read your articles, and what you're up to. Where are you going? What are you scheduled to do now? Okay. Uh, first of all, they can reach me. Uh, one of the easy ways is just to search my name, Don Jans, J-A-N-S, or they can go to uh, my website uh, directly, My Grandchildren's America, www.mygrandchildrensamerica. There's no uh, punctuation in it. It's all one word. My email is on my site. It's mygrandchildrensamerica@gmail.com, and my book is available. My articles are there. I blog every day, or pretty much every day. And I'm more than more than happy to have them go and, and take a look. Also, I have a, a link there that says Boldly Confronting Marxist Progressives, which we talk about what can we do. Uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, I will be in uh, Dallas, Texas. I will be speaking to the Council of the um, uh, Republican Women, the County of Dallas. And then I will be going down to Tampa, 
uh, to speak to a uh, Tea Party group uh, down in Tampa. And I have a uh, meeting coming up in Tempe, Arizona. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly around. And, of course, I'm on, on many different radio programs as well. My main concern, Chuck, is I, I, not necessarily to persuade people. All my concern really is is to present people with the, tr- with the facts. This, this is what it is. This is where it takes us. Which route do you wish to go? And that's my purpose, to show where we're going and why we're going there. And do we want to go there? And if we do not, then we have to start, start changing things immediately. Way to go, Don. Listen, I really appreciate your work. Uh, let's stay in touch. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You're doing great work. God bless you, and um, thanks for doing what you do, Don. Thank you so much, and uh, obviously I'll come on, on your program anytime we have a great topic and anytime you'd like me to. Thank you, Don, and we shall return with news. Uh, we've got Albert Navarro coming up in hour number two, the author of Elements of Constitutional Law. Stay tuned for news. Listeners, are you getting amazing results from your store-bought Omega-3? Since taking Omax-3, mental fuzziness is gone. I'm on top of things. My bad cholesterol had gone down, and my triglycerides had gone down. Being 53, sometimes it's pretty uncomfortable getting up and getting out of bed. With the Omax-3, I'm jumping out of bed, and the joints feel great. We want your Omax story next, so we're sending you a free supply. Developed by Ivy League doctors affiliated with Yale University, Omax-3 is clinically tested to help improve cholesterol and reduce triglycerides by 30% in just 30 days while fighting joint pain better than your store brand. You can also feel improvements in your mood and memory with your first free supply. Omax 3's pharmaceutical grade omega 3s come individually blister packed so it absorbs better and gives you faster results with no fish burps. Feel results in just days, guaranteed. Get your free supply today for just the cost of shipping. Call 1 800 672 4605. That's 1 800 672 4605. 800 672 4605. I used to be a hairstylist. And my name is John Jerwitz. I used to be an auto mechanic. Nine years ago, we actually called into Andy Willoughby's three-step plan for a home business. And when we started the three-step plan, we started part-time. But within the first year, I decided to go full-time. And then a year later, I went full-time. We really enjoyed the freedom that comes with us. It's given us more time to be with family, and it's given us the ability to be able to do some traveling. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, the three-step plan home business system has been helping people find financial freedom for over 10 years. And I think we could help you too. What people like best about the three-step plan is you can actually have customers calling you, you don't have to be a salesperson, and you get to work with nice family-oriented people. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. 800-480-2102. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network.
Thank you very much. And Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time here at the IRN USA Radio Network and Affiliates. You're welcome to join the program, 901-509-8957, 901-509-8957. We're discussing constitutional issues this segment, and we're joined by author and attorney Albert Navarro, the author of The Elements of Constitutional Law. Albert, thanks for joining me. Mr. Morris, it's a pleasure. Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, you know, I think the last time we were doing this was uh, Fairness Radio with Chuck and Patrick. It's been a while. I want to say a year and a half, maybe two. Possibly, yeah. I mean, those, that was a great series of shows. And, uh, you know, I, I, I basically actually in the process of archiving some of those up on the Potomatic. And I, they, they, many of them were very combative, but they were, they were pretty deep. <laughs> I mean, there was some pretty good stuff there. <laughs> Well, but, you um, know, as they so, say, uh, excuse me, competition yeah. makes everything better. So, I uh, yeah, well, that's that's the natural order of things. Um, we 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 were into talking about specific cases as they came down, um, both uh, before and after decisions rendered by the Supreme Court, and uh, we had a great talk at that time on um, on, of course, the um, Roberts's Obamacare uh, decision which is something that I still can't get a grip around. Maybe we can get into that in a minute. But um, there is a case right now that's uh, being considered, that being Sibelius versus Hobby, and uh, they're looking at the uh, contraceptive mandate aspect of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, I see two issues here that are being discussed, Albert, but I'd like you to elaborate a bit. And they are, firstly, is it appropriate, and this is, I believe, the... Um, those bringing the case are, are arguing that it is not appropriate for the government to force an organization uh, to uh, to engage in an activity that runs against its its conscience, its religious beliefs. And secondly, the other issue that seems to be uh, ruminating around this is the question of uh, whether or not a corporation can be treated with the rights of a person. Uh, what what are the issues at stake in this case, Albert? Well, there are actually two cases, uh, Mr. Morris. One is um, Sibelius, <clears throat> which you mentioned, and then the um, the other case is Conestoga. And uh, it's important to note that there are two cases because each case actually deals with a different legal issue. Um, one case is is challenged under the. Uh, Freedom of Restoration Act. Uh, it's not part of the Constitution. It's a statute, a federal statute. And it basically says that the government cannot interfere with the free exercise of religious uh, beliefs unless it's necessary to further a compelling interest. So free exercise of religion is protected, and the government can restrict it only if it has a compelling reason to do so. The other case involves uh, the First Amendment and the free exercise clause directly, and whether, um, uh, in this case, the um, employers are entitled to a religious exemption to what is otherwise a neutral and generally applicable law. So, you, you know, you've got two cases. One deals with a statute. The other deals with the First Amendment head-on. So, um, just as background real quick, we're talking about the Affordable Care Act here. Part of it requires that preventative care be provided to women, 
According to the federal government, uh, preventative care includes FDA-approved contraceptives. And according to the FDA, uh, the approved contraceptive methods are birth control pills, um, IUDs, Plan B, known as the morning-after pill, and so on. And so employers generally have to provide insurance that covers this preventative care, all these various contraceptive methods. Now, the government has provided an exemption for um, religious employers, but it's very narrow, Mr. Morse. It, it includes only um, a, an organization that um, the primary purpose of which is the inculcation of religious values, an organization that primarily employs people who share those religious beliefs, uh, an organization that primarily um, serves people that share those religious beliefs, and it has to be a nonprofit organization. Those four, you know, by the time you run a you know organization through those four elements, uh, pretty much just churches and temples and synagogues and things like that are left. Here, in in these two cases, you have two um, corporations. They're not religious organizations or churches per se. Hobby Lobby is a hobby store. They have about uh, 13,000 employees, and they're owned by a family. They're a for-profit organization or corporation. The other company, uh, Conestoga, is also also family-owned. They have about, um, I think, 950 employees. Uh, now, these two employers uh, sued because they're claiming that if they don't provide insurance, that covers these forms of contraceptives as required by the Affordable Care Act, they're going to be hit with huge penalties. I think Hobby Lobby is estimating something like $47 million a year in penalties. Imagine that. And um, the other employer, Conestoga, is, is estimating that they'd have, to be pay, they'd have to pay about $35 million a year in penalties. So huge damages. It's a really huge, important impact. It's not just really a matter of uh, freedom of, um, uh, of religion. There's a huge economic issue here, too. So, um, real, I'll, I'll touch on the, the, the uh, Freedom of uh, Restoration Act really quick. Um, it's, it applies only to federal laws. Okay, long ago the Supreme Court invalidated it as, 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 uh, as applied to states and local entities. Currently it applies only to, to um, the federal government and federal laws. And, you know, this is an opportunity for the Supreme Court to, to take on that um, law and invalidate it. Um, on, on the other hand, the Supreme Court could say that the um, act is um, still valid and that this preventative care mandate um, satisfies the act. How would it do that? Well, the argument would go that preventative care for women is a compelling government purpose, especially as part of the uh, Affordable Care Act, and that it's necessary to require employers generally to provide insurance that includes this preventative care. That's the only reason to further this compelling government uh, interest. Now, uh, when, when I, you know, this is called the strict scrutiny standard. It's very, very high. A, a law has to, it's, you know, think of like a, a hurdle. A law has to jump really high to pass this constitutional test. And it's not clear that the preventative care mandate would pass that test, but that's the argument. The, the equally um, important argument, of course, is the First Amendment one. And we know from the First Amendment that uh, the First Amendment you know, prohibits the government from interfering with the free exercise of religious beliefs. So, you know, if you or I, for example, wanted to use contraceptives and, um, you know, the government uh, – uh, strike that. If, if you or I decided not to use contraceptives and the government somehow forced us to 
and you know uh, we we argued that it's part of our religious beliefs not to use them uh we would prevail in court because we're individuals we're persons now the question is um what about these two companies this hobby company and conestoga do they have the same right uh as you as you mentioned in your in your lead in do they have do corporations have the same right as persons when it comes to the First Amendment, and, and in particular, the free exercise clause, the Supreme Court has never said so. The Supreme Court um, has touched on different aspects of what it means to be a corporation. We know from the famous case, Citizens versus United, that the Supreme Court says that corporations have the right to spend money on campaigns just like individuals do. But when it comes to the free exercise clause, the Supreme Court has never said that a corporation has the uh, protection of free exercise of religious beliefs just like an individual does. The other thing but one thing that the Supreme Court has dealt with many, many times is whether there is a religious exemption to a general law. So when you look out there in the landscape, you know, there are a lot of federal and state laws that are religiously neutral. They don't say anything about religion, and they're generally applicable. They apply to everybody. You know, for example, criminal laws, um, uh, unemployment benefit laws, um, the military has laws regarding what kind of uniforms you can wear, Social Security. None of these laws say anything about religion. They're generally applicable. And the general rule, according to the Supreme Court, is that there's no religious exemption to these generally applicable laws. A real quick example um, would be the Lee case, where an Amish fellow did not want to pay Social Security taxes because he said that, look, we Amish uh, have a religious duty to provide for our you know, uh, community members, so we don't really need Social Security. And the Supreme Court said, no, you're going to have to pay Social Security because... Um, it's vital to the entire system that everybody pitch in. Goldman versus Weinberger, uh, a Jew, was a member of the Air Force. He wanted to wear a yarmulke, and um, you know, as part of his uh, free exercise of religious beliefs. And uh, the Supreme Court said, "No, you can't do that because of the need in the military for the appearance of uniformity." So, um, many cases where the Supreme Court says that there's no religious exemption to a a generally applicable, religiously neutral law. And that's a big hurdle that these two companies are going to have to jump over in the First Amendment arena. Okay, in other words, even if the Supreme Court says, okay, as a corporation, you have the same protection against interference of the free exercise of religious beliefs as, a, as an individual, even if, the, if the, even if the Supreme Court says that the corporation is a, purpose for, a person for the purpose of the First Amendment, uh, the Supreme Court might say, just like it did several other times, there's no religious exemption to a generally applicable neutral law. So those are the uh, the, the main elements of constitutional law that this case deals with, and, and those are some of the arguments uh, that um, the Supreme Court's going to deal with in oral argument tomorrow. Right, just coming right up. Um, Albert, it seems to me that uh, for, for the uh, Supreme Court to... Uh, get rid of the contraceptive mandate, they're going to have to get rid of Roberts's decision. Um, it's it just because it's being brought on that ground. And that Roberts's decision was to switch the question of whether or not the um, Affordable Care Act was a mandate, it, it, basically the government telling by force everyone that they had to actively buy something, in this case insurance, which is unprecedented, in American history or, or the history of our jurisprudence. Instead, they switched that over and claimed it was a tax. But it's, you know, I think 
everyone knows it's a mandate. I mean, that's it's a de facto mandate, no matter what they call it. And part of that mandate, once that issue has been established, is that they can mandate anything. I mean, that that if you're going to get rid of a piece of the mandate in, in by using the judicial system, then they're going to have to get rid of all of the mandate. Either you're going to have it or not. <clears throat> and I think that already this idea of the government forcing businesses and individuals to do something, in this case buy insurance, it's already having a, a very dangerous effect on our on our system of jurisprudence. And I'd, I'd point out an example of that being that in the state of Arizona, this company now, to wit a bakery, is going to be forced to create a, a wedding cake with symbols on it that the cake the company doesn't want to do. They don't offer that to the public, but now they have to because I think of the influence of the Obamacare decision. The government can now tell this baker that they have to do this. It's not that they're just offering a product to the public you know, without discrimination, which is what they're doing, but now they have to create products based upon what the public demands. And I think that the government's authority to, to order them to do that is based upon this ruling. Anyway, uh, Albert, we'll be right back. We've got to take a break. You have a mortgage and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? Nine-year mortgage can change your life. We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years? We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Nine-year mortgage. <laughs> Where have they been all of our life? If you knew about something like that, you'd want to tell everybody. Whenever I have a friend or someone that needs this service, I give them the number. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD and learn how you can eliminate all of your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. Call for your free CD now, 800-284-5572. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD, 800-284-5572, 800-284-5572. Not available in California. Do you have startup capital and are looking to invest in a booming health-based business? Here's your opportunity because we're looking for business-savvy, healthy-minded people in this area to become franchise owners of Fresh Healthy Vending Machines, the number one healthy vending franchise in North America. Fresh Healthy Vending is a publicly traded company. With your Fresh Healthy Vending Machines, you'll be selling exactly what America wants, all-natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. And with the USDA Smart Snacks and School Nutrition Guidelines starting and banning junk food in schools, the demand for fresh, healthy snacks is only getting bigger. Fresh Healthy Vending has identified prime vending machine locations in this area. And we place your machines for you so you can capitalize on the huge demand for healthy organic snacks on the go. Ready to grab your share of this booming industry? Visit readyforfresh.com today and enter code 2000 for free owner information. Locations in this area are filling up fast, so visit readyforfresh.com, special code 2000.
I owe over $20,000 to the IRS. I don't have the money, and now my wages are being garnished. You need tax representation. I'm really worried. The IRS just sent me a letter, and they want to audit my business. You need tax representation. But who can I trust? Tax Representation Incorporated. It's a fact that if you owe taxes, the IRS has the power to take everything you own, including your home, your business, and even your freedom. If you receive a letter from the IRS, don't ignore it. Call Tax Representation Incorporated, and we'll be on the phone with the IRS to stop the threats within the same day. Guaranteed. Don't ignore it. If you're being audited or have years of unfiled tax returns, a federal tax lien, or worse yet, been issued a wage garnishment or bank levy, let the expert staff of tax attorneys and enrolled agents protect you from the IRS and get you the best tax representation and settlement guaranteed. We'll be on the phone with the IRS to stop the threats same day guaranteed. Go to taxrepresentation.com. Call 800-574-3001. 800-574-3001. 800-574-3001. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. That's 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Moore Speaks. Thank you. Albert Navarro is here. He's a, a constitutional expert. He's the author of The Elements of Constitutional Law. So, Albert, I'd like you to comment on my uh, um, reflections regarding uh, the influence of, uh, the, uh, of the Roberts decision, uh, whether or not that would have to be thrown out if the uh, contraceptive mandate was in any way uh either thrown out or even in any way altered, perhaps. The second issue, of course, is whether or not um, a corporation has the rights of a person. Um, And uh, my understanding on that, and maybe you might elaborate, is that that's actually a tradition that goes back to the the founding of the republic. That was something that was discussed at the Constitutional Convention of 1788-89. I don't know if there was language actually put in the Constitution that guarantees that right, other than, I suppose, the right to assemble. Uh, but I believe that uh, the case of uh, Webster versus Dartmouth College, um, or was it uh, State of State of uh, New Hampshire versus Dartmouth College, as argued by Daniel Webster in 1819, codified the position that the corporation or the, you know, the collected entity, in that case Dartmouth College, had the right to speak as a person. Uh, but but what say you on both of those points? Well, let's start with the uh, the Roberts decision in the Affordable Care Act, National versus Sibelius. A really important decision. I think it sets a, a dangerous precedent. Here's why: we know that taxes can influence behavior. 
for example, if something is taxed, then that activity or that product is discouraged. And on the other hand, if, if taxes are eliminated, then an activity is encouraged. For example, just this morning, I saw an ad that New York is offering uh, new employers, like I think, a 10-year holiday on taxes. Obviously, they're trying to encourage people to come to New York to start businesses, right? So taxes, because they hit you in the pocket, they can influence behavior. And that's why the Supreme Court has held many, many times, long, long ago, that unless the government can regulate an activity, unless the government already has power under the Constitution to regulate an activity, Congress cannot tax an activity so heavily that it's punishing an activity. Okay? In other words, um, Congress cannot uh, pass a tax for the purpose of punishing an activity unless it can already regulate that activity. Um, if, if, if Congress does not have the power to regulate an activity, Congress can tax the activity, but it can't be so much that it's a punishment. It, it has to be a relatively small amount that's basically revenue raising, okay, for the purpose of ga- gaining revenue. And that's, that's the little seesaw. Uh, if, if, if Congress does not have the power to regulate an activity, for example, it, the activity does not affect interstate commerce, then Congress can tax it only if it's a small tax that is intended to raise revenue. If it's a heavy tax that's intended to punish the activity, then Congress is trying to influence behavior in an area where it doesn't have power, and the Supreme Court will invalidate that. So let's look at that Affordable Care Act uh, decision. We know about the individual mandate. It required people to buy insurance or pay a fine, right? Something like 17 times in that law, Congress referred to the fine as a penalty, 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 fine, fine, fine. So, look, you know, you know, you know, inductive reasoning, right? Looks like a duck, walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, smells like a duck. It's a duck, you would think, right? You would think that's a fine or a penalty. Chief Justice Roberts basically said, he looked at that seesaw and said, you know what? It's not that heavy of a fine that you pay if you don't buy insurance. It's not so much money that you're going to, you know, basically be like a gun to your head. And so Chief Justice Roberts said, this, isn't, this, this wasn't really passed for the purpose of punishing your decision not to buy health care. It was passed just to raise, raise revenue. It's a small fine. It's a small penalty. It's not really a fine or penalty at all. It's a revenue-raising device. It's just a tax. And we know that Congress does have the power to tax under Article One, Section 8. Well, here's the, here's the criticism with all due respect to the Chief Justice, is that um, if the fine or penalty is encouraging people to buy insurance, then maybe it really is a fine or a penalty. Maybe, And therefore, Congress really was trying to influence behavior in an area where it did not have power to regulate. And we know it did not have power to regulate this area because the Supreme Court said it did not have the power to pass this law under the Commerce Clause. Your decision not to buy health insurance does not affect interstate commerce, according to the Supreme Court. So it's, a, it's in that no-man's land where Congress does not have the power to regulate. And they passed this law with a tax or fine that arguably is heavy enough to encourage people to buy insurance, but according to the Supreme Court, is not so heavy that it's... It, was passed with the purpose of punishing the activity. It was a revenue-raising device and therefore constitutional. So what does that mean? Well, now you have a case that can be applied to future laws where Congress can pass Right, the law. okay, we got, yeah. we got to take a break, Albert. We're going to go to news. Please stick with me. We'll be back after news. You're listening to ILA USA. 
They have bad taste or smells, but there's even more to be concerned about. City water contains harmful chlorine and chemicals, which enter our bodies while showering, cooking, and washing food. Bottled water or sink filters don't protect you. Quad Max. HydroCare's revolutionary whole house system provides healthy, clean, great-tasting water from every faucet with virtually no pressure loss. It's the only one of its kind with four times the purification capacity in one compact unit, and it's only $495. The water quality far exceeds that of a system selling for twice the price. So take charge of your family's health. HydroCare, the smart technology for all your water problems. Try now, pay later. Go to bestfiltertoday.com. That's bestfiltertoday.com. Or call now, 1-866-984-6024. That's 1-866-984-6024. The revolution in clean water is here. Hydrocare. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now, I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-326-0285. 1-800-326-0285. Call now. That's 1-800-326-0285. 1-800-326-0285. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. Albert Navarro is here. Uh, we're talking about this uh, upcoming uh, Supreme Court decision, which could be rendered as soon as tomorrow regarding the contraceptive mandate. Uh, Albert, if the, um, if, the, uh, if the Affordable Care Act is a tax and not a mandate, wouldn't that mean that, therefore, Congress has to go back and rewrite the law and, uh, and make it, it put it in the language? Because, after all, they passed the law as a mandate. President Obama referred to it as a mandate, and that's why we signed it. And the second question is that if it's a tax, then is it is there a precedent for having a tax um, affirmed by the by the Supreme Court and passed by Congress that cannot be altered? I mean, if it's a tax, do, doesn't Congress have the prerogative of reviewing that tax? every so often or whenever they choose to and maybe reducing it or even eliminating it or even raising it, I suppose? <laughs> the, or raising it, right? That's the most interesting right. question to me because what if Congress does raise the amount of this uh, fine or penalty or tax or whatever you want to call it uh, for not buying uh, insurance? Then what? I mean, can does it rise to the level of a penalty that could could you then challenge it again in front of the Supreme Court and say look you know uh in 2012 you said that the fine was not so great as to be uh, a penalty really it was just revenue raising but now the fine is 
two times what it was then, or three times, or four times. Now, surely it's a penalty, right? And therefore, Congress doesn't have power to do this. So that is quite possible. Um, we'll have to see what Congress does with it. It's constitutional, I mean, as it stands, because the Supreme Court's ruled. And um, but, but interestingly, back to these uh, preventative care mandate cases, um, Hobbyland and Conestoga, neither party is really asking for the Supreme Court to invalidate the preventative care mandate. The, the issue is really whether it applies to these particular employers, whether they have a religious exemption to it. Um, so even if they win, even if Hobby and Conestoga win, they're just going to get a religious exemption to the law. The law's still going to be there. They're not asking for it to be invalidated. So um, that's what you know. In that. a way, I, I understand. I understand that, but in a de facto sense, wouldn't that be? an unequal enforcement of a tax. And also, you know, why should a group like these two companies in this case get a religious exemption in that I would think that any American should be allowed to get any exemption based upon their beliefs, whether it's religious or not? Why should the why should their being a part of an organized religion be the litmus test? Isn't that the government interference in religion or endorsement of same? Right. Well, well maybe I'm channeling all, Patrick here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when when we talk about free exercise of religious beliefs, the Supreme Court doesn't care whether you're a member of a religious uh, organization or not. They don't care if your beliefs are true or not. They don't care if your beliefs are shared by a majority of the members of a religious organization. All the Supreme Court cares is whether your religious beliefs are sincerely held. Um, but when it comes to the statutory exemptions. Uh, it's a it's a little bit different. For example, the the religious exemption to this preventative care mandate is very specific, or it's got four elements there. Um, and it you know you basically need to be a nonprofit religious organization in order to be exempted from this preventative care mandate. Um, but you mentioned that an interesting another interesting question is that uh, uneven enforcement, right? If the if these two employers are given an exemption then what do you do with the whole 501c3 thing? I mean, does the government have to start giving tax breaks to private corporations if, you know, if they claim that they're uh, engaged in some charity or or religious endeavor? Because right now... I would think they would. Yeah, it's, it's... Big can of worms there. I, I mean, right I would now. think that they. I would think they would. I mean, otherwise they're discriminating against uh, against a group, and it, that is a constitutional question because it deals with equal enforcement. All right, we're going to be back after these commercials. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Marius Forte, and together with my good friend Sam Sorbo, I would like to introduce you to our new book called "The Answer: Proof of God in Heaven." The answer is like a master key to all your spiritual questions about the existence of God, as well as to questions that humanity has asked throughout the ages. For example, is there a God? And if there is, is he good? And if he's good, how could we man suffering in this world which sounds like a contradiction? But it is not. Where do we come from and where are we going and why are we going at all? Why this tremendous amount of energy surrounding us? Is there life after death? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? How can we be sure there's any proof? What are the two main ingredients of happiness, and how could we obtain these? Many more questions are addressed in our new book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. As we simply know of gravity and not just believe in it, once you apply 
the naturalistic laws of this universe, your belief will turn into knowledge and you will know God. Our book has just been launched. Please visit our website, theanswer-book.com, for more information. Hello, my name is Marius Forte, and together with my good friend Sam Sorbo, I would like to introduce you to a new book called The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. The Answer is like a master key to all your spiritual questions about the existence of God, as well as to questions that humanity has asked throughout the ages. For example, is there a God? And if there is, is he good? And if he's good, how could it prevent suffering in this world, which sounds like a contradiction, but it is not? Where do we come from and where are we going and why are we going at all? Why this tremendous amount of energy surrounding us? Is there life after death? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? How can we be sure is there any proof? What are the two main ingredients of happiness and how could we obtain these? Many more questions are addressed in our new book, The Answer. Proof of God in Heaven. As we simply know of gravity, not just believe in it, once you apply the naturalistic laws of this universe, your belief will turn into knowledge and you will know God. Our book has just been launched. Please visit our website, theanswer-book.com, for more information. America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now, I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-326-0285. 1-800-326-0285. Call now. That's Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Albert Navarro is my guest. Uh, the Elements of Constitutional Law, available at conlawelements.com. By the way, that's the website. Uh, Albert, there's been a trend in this country that I think probably goes back to um, Franklin Roosevelt and his declaration of emergency or his assumption of emergency powers to deal with the... Um, the Depression. Uh, he called for it in his inaugural address. He received it by an, an act of Congress. He was able to implement the Alien Enemies Act and uh, the bank holiday and all the rest. And the result has been, I would argue, that uh, since that time, the presidency and Congress eventually, a little bit later, have taken on more powers than are prescribed to them by the U.S. Constitution. And the Supreme Court has begun on that trend as well, with activist judges and then with, of course, the Warren Court and continuing onward. But I think that uh, it still surprises me, and I haven't talked to you since the decision, that John Roberts, who, who we assume would be a much more of a, um, a, a original intent guy as, as, as a, as a, as a uh, you know, judicial uh, temperament, that he would engage in such an activist decision. It seems to me that this is a perfect example of the Supreme Court and of our judicial system really overstepping its authority 
uh, regarding uh, its interpretation of the Constitution. What are your, some of your reflections with regard to that case? I was surprised, especially because it, it clearly Chief Justice Roberts was the decider in that case. He was the one who uh, you know, came up with this argument that the fine was not so great as to really be punishing, that it was small and really just revenue-raising and therefore constitutional. It was his argument, and the more liberal justices, of course, joined him happily. Um, and in his confirmation hearing, he said he his role was just to call balls and strikes. And, you know, I, I think when Congress says in the act like 17 times it's a penalty, that's a ball, you know, and he, and he called it a strike. And so that surprised me. Um, and I, the only, the other thought that comes to my mind is that he has made uh, references to wanting people to see the court as non-political. And he might okay, have we'll be right back. struck down the law, it would be seen as political. Hello, my name is Marius Forte. And together with my good friend Sam Sorbo, I would like to introduce you to a new book called The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. The Answer is like a master key to all your spiritual questions about the existence of God, as well as to questions that humanity has asked throughout the ages. For example, is there a God? And if there is, is he good? And if he's good, how could it be meant suffering in this world, which sounds like a contradiction, but it is not? Where do we come from and where are we going and why are we going at all? Why this tremendous amount of energy surrounding us? Is there life after death? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? How can we be sure there's any proof? What are the two main ingredients of happiness, and how could we obtain these? Many more questions are addressed in our new book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. As we simply know of gravity, not just believe in it, once you apply the naturalistic laws of this universe, you believe will turn into knowledge and you will know God. Our book has just been launched. Please visit our website, theanswer-book.com, for more information. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Albert Navarro is my guest. The book is The Elements of Constitutional Law. Albert, we're speculating on the motivations of uh, Chief Justice John Roberts in his decision. Um, you mentioned that you thought that he might not want to make the court under his auspices appear political. Seems to me that um, if he had thrown out the Affordable Care Act, it would have been, in a sense, taking politics out of the business of, um, of health care. I agree completely. Yeah, but but also, but I also I had the opportunity of interviewing um, uh, Federal Appeals Court Judge Harvey Wilkinson, who wrote a book called Cosmic Constitutionalism, where he delves into constitutional theory. And he actually hosted John Roberts, and you can see it on YouTube, uh, at a symposium at his alma mater, which I think is Duke in North Carolina. And uh, John Roberts, this is before the the decision. He spent a lot of time in his presentation, in fact, most of his time, talking about what he thought his legacy would be, what people would think of him 30 years later, 50 years later, what he would be, what would be his imprint on history. And I was thinking that that is the problem, with, perhaps, with him. Why would he care about his legacy? Why would he be so concerned with what people think of him? I mean, a judge is supposed to look at the law. They're not supposed to worry about what people think of it. 
You know what I, I mean? Agree. I mean, I suppose to an extent they do because we all do. But I think that might have been a little bit of, of what this was about. I mean, he was worried about his legacy uh, as opposed to actually sitting down and taking out the text of the Constitution and looking at the theory that was intended by the founders. And so that's why, you know, I, maybe he was sidetracked by that. I don't know. What do you think? I agree completely. And I think that goes for whether uh, the Chief Justice is conservative or liberal or straight down the middle. Uh, they, yeah. I, in my opinion, they shouldn't be thinking about their personal legacy. They should be thinking about the Constitution. <laughs> They're just stewards That's of the right. Constitution for however long they serve. And in that sense, I think a justice of the court is a little different than the president of the United States. The president is more of a chief chief executive. He can he or she can be more of a policy setter, a leader, and a, I can I'm okay with a president who's more concerned about his or her legacy. But uh, sure. I'm not okay with a, any justice on the Supreme Court thinking about their personal legacy. I, I want them thinking about the Constitution. That's right. And I also, and I, I say this with due respect to him, but I think that the decision was an act of cowardice. You know, he didn't want to step out and do what was really right here, even though there would have been withering criticism and uh, intense ostracism. I mean, I don't know if it was a social thing. I remember reading an article which, uh, in which uh, Justice uh, Harry Blackman, when uh, Richard Nixon appointed him to the Supreme Court, he had lunch with him at the White House in which he, before his nomination, and he said to him, he goes, you know, the biggest problem you're going to have in Washington is the social pressures. You're going to be invited to parties. Your wife is going to be wined and dined. You know, can you withstand that and make the right decisions and not be concerned about how your standing is going to be with the social set? And he said, oh, yes, of course, I don't worry about that. But the fact is that his wife was wined and dined, and she did care about the position of the family and how they were perceived socially, and that did influence, perhaps, his decision in Roe versus Wade. It's interesting. Uh, do you think the criticism would have been harsher had the Chief Justice invalidated the decision? Because he got a lot of criticism yes. for upholding it, you know? No, it would have been. It, the the powers that be, the establishment, you know, the Washington liberal and even slightly, you know, right of center establishment in Washington, they, they do not want to throw out Obamacare. I mean, they've worked, you know, on getting that done, you know, going back. I mean, that's that's a that's that's a, that would have been a real no, no. I mean, sure, he would have been applauded by by average people, I think, around the country. But, the you know, there's social pressures. I mean, Washington is a big government town. And I think it tends to be on the uh, on the liberal side of the the political uh, you know spectrum. Uh, so I, I think that's what he was looking at. Maybe who knows? We we don't yeah. know. We really but, you don't. Know, but it it does show uh, two things. I think well, one thing how important it is for everybody to understand at least the basic elements of the Constitution. <laughs> okay, don't don't just say oh, you know he's violating the Constitution and that there's nothing about that in the Constitution. Pick up the Constitution. You know, read a little bit about it. Try to learn at least the basic elements of separation of powers, freedom of speech, the Commerce Clause. Because when you're more informed about this, your arguments are better. You can communicate your thoughts to fellow citizens, to your representatives. And in my opinion, it, it trickles up. You know, we all, we all know about the trickle-down theory. I think this 
you know, knowledge and power trickles up. The other thing is how important it is, uh, the presidential election, because presidents nominate justices. That's right. Okay, and your book does a good job of, uh, of accomplishing that, Albert. We'll be right back. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. That's 1-800-220-0926. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, Albert Navarro is my guest. The uh, book, again, is The Elements of Constitutional Law. Albert, your book is a good primer for uh, basically average under, uh, people to understand uh, the the nature of our Constitution and the principles that are in it. So uh, let people know, because we only have a minute or so left here, let my listeners know where they can get the book and a little bit about yourself and how they can read articles you've written and whatnot. Yeah, DC is place to get it is Amazon. Um, the paperback is there, and so is the e uh, book. In fact, I just bought the e book myself <laughs> because I use it as a reference sometimes. You know, have it on my Android. It's only three bucks. What the heck? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, conlawelements.com. That's C O N L A W elements.com, conlawelements.com. And, um, you know, we've got elections coming up, and anytime an election comes up, you know, constitutional issues uh, raise their head. And uh, we've got, in the next coming months, three or four major Supreme Court decisions coming down. So, you know, it's sort of like watching sports. If, if you don't understand the rules of the game, you don't really know what you're looking at. But the more you know about the rules, the more you can appreciate what you're looking at. The same thing applies to the Constitution and all the issues that we face in our lives every day. Yeah, you bet. And I, I really um, am, am congratulate, congratulate you for raising the constitutional literacy of uh, of more people. I mean, this is something. Yeah, I mean, we we need to, in a sense, exercise the muscles of the Constitution by understanding them and recognizing that rights don't grow on trees. You have to work for them, and the way to do so is to understand the nature of rights. And uh, the Constitution, of course, is our our law that embraces principles that guarantee rights, rights that we think already exist, and that uh, the Constitution simply. Uh, codifies and, and, and formalizes. And so it's very important that people understand the nature of the Constitution. For yourselves and for your future, you know, it's it's kind of incumbent on citizenship, I think, as a basic. Yeah, and it feels good, too. You know, when you hear somebody on TV say something or your neighbor says something, uh, don't you feel better knowing knowing better than, than the other person? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, yeah, it, you the thing is, the more you learn about it, the more you fall in love with it. it uh, it's, it's a marvelous yeah. document. 
the way it works so well. You bet. Alvin Navarro, thanks for joining me this afternoon. My pleasure. I shall return tomorrow with you. Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number.